Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Daniel Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And it is... Sounding board. It's just astounding board. Oh my god, that was so cute. I said, sounding board, it's just astounding board. Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And that's just because I'm sleepy, but you know what? It panned out. I gotta say, all told, we're the most clever when we're sleepy. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. So, backstory on what I'm what I'm rolling around in today is that... Well, you're, you start your big new job today. I do. I do start my big new job today. Um, I have to be there. Um, I have to be there at noon. It's 9.45 now. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited. Yeah, and I missed you all. So I was like, Maureen, can we please record an episode? So she he like, woke me up. Like, please. He woke me up to do this. My people, they yeah, need your, me. Your adoring fans. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> they miss me. What will they do? Yeah. No, um, no. I, there's just a lot of stuff that's going on, and it's it's uh, it's past Thanksgiving weekend. We didn't even get to talk about the holiday or anything like that beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually gonna. Mm-hmm. I think uh, what would be a great thing is to put out a call for uh, questions that we can do a little holiday episode before the uh, the winter, the late winter holidays. Mm-hmm. Of like, I don't know. Maybe there are some people out there that are listening that. Um, uh, want advice on like visiting relatives with different ideologies than you? We both ex- <clears throat> we both have experience with that. Mm-hmm. Or uh, vegan food recipes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cooking, cooking or relatives. Let's call that the holiday segment. <laughs> um, cooking or Republicans. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So that we had a good time. We went to Maureen's mom's. It was a great thanksgiving we had a really nice time mm-hmm. yeah yeah we're doing my family for christmas which i'm i'm excited to get back to long island i haven't been there since the summer um we try and go often as much as as much as affordably possible i mean we go there pretty consistently <clears throat> twice a year yeah which is you know pretty solid yeah. for you know not living in your hometown i guess yeah i mean that's about how often we see my brother and his wife. And yeah. They live in New York. Right. They come like once during the summer and then, yeah, and then they come around Christmas. Yeah, that one, the the, tri- the summer trip is always a like trip that I'm surprised ends up always working out. But I've pretty much gone, so in the four years that I lived in Chicago, I've spent a week every summer in New York pretty much. That's great. Yeah, I think there was one year that I didn't. I think, but but no matter what, three even if it's just three out of four, like that's a surprising, like I feel and I feel like a lot of people do that. Like that's not a crazy thought. The folks that are transplants that are living in another city, the like doing a week in your hometown, yeah, like the ne- of the- negotiating seeing your family even though you live apart. Apart. Yeah, right. And it's not even usually Easter. I mean, like some people go home for Easter for sure, but um, no, we went like. <sighs> We went, like, late June. Yeah, we did that whole um, travel trip. I want to figure that out, how we can potentially do something where we're doing those kinds of trips and we're interviewing more people and, like, I mean, we would need road to, docking it, you know? We would just need to, you know, 
lineup. Oh. What? Oscar's booping a cockroach. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Sounding board. Da-da-da-da-da. It's just a sounding board. <laughs> Do we want to deal with that or just come Oh, up? no, I think Oscar I oh, think that's Oscar's alive. Yeah, I know. That's not a dead cockroach. No. All right, listeners at home, I've got a question for you because apparently this is how I like <laughs> slice of life that yeah. that was. Well, so does it make oh, me bye, Moody. Maybe Maureen, you can answer this. Does it make me a bad vegan that I just killed that cockroach? Um, and let me offer up a like piece of the of my like thinking with it too. Is that Oscar maimed that cockroach? He did. Yeah, like when I by the time I got over there, the, the cockroach was like on its back. The legs were kind of like twirling up. Like it was like it was like about to like it was it was gonna die in in a couple hours maybe. I mean I don't know I don't know like how, what I don't know at what point a cockroach is in critical critical care and maybe that's that's something worth thinking about. But do you see my point here? Is that like I I feel like I was do I did the cockroach a favor of like sparing it. Oscar just like fucking with for it the for next her. hour while we recorded this. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, that's real. I was, I was going to say, like, meh, like, in terms of veganism, maybe, like, you know, trap it under a jar, piece of paper, outside. But, yeah, no, Oscar, Oscar had found it. Well, that's the thing, and we, because we live with two cats, and we've gotten to the point now where we don't have that much of a pest problem, as much as a, oh, good, here's my cat carrying a dead body yeah. <laughs> problem. <laughs> Which we've only had now, like, four times, but... It's gotten to the point now that in the well, last... Well, I've only seen... I've only seen Moody with a dead... Mouse. Mouse. Have you seen Oscar with other dead animals? Oh, for sure. Really? Yeah. Probably like five or six times. Mice? No. Only cockroaches. Oh. I have seen Oscar with cockroaches. Yeah. He finds them. Yeah. He finds them. They're... Honestly, probably the like logistics of it at this point, because like cockroaches probably know we have a house with cats. Mm-hmm. Is that a cockroach comes in for like a second? Oscar smells it and just like gets it and brings it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Oscar's a because Oscar's a neurotic, and you know something, Oscar, and I don't. I know we talk about the cats a lot, but like, I'm I, I'm feeling very like things that you're thankful for. Mm-hmm. Oscar and I are like so similar it's ridiculous like our favorite blanket is the same blanket mm-hmm. um i don't know we both have <laughs> we both have the pacing pattern i like that you know what i'm talking about i like that you're like we are so similar we like the same blanket dot 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 yeah <laughs> that's a big one though well because he because like he's it's it was cool for me to like recognize like oh you have an actual favorite blanket like if i if i move this blanket you come up and run to it and he's obsessive he's like so obsessive mm-hmm. he has a if you if you play with him with a string he'll like carry the string to you and be like no you need to play with this and then he'll kind of like scratch you a little yeah he'll he would if he were hosting a podcast with someone he would wake them up and drag them out of bed to record it. Yeah. How's Facebook? Facebook is good. 
So I just turned up. I just figured out how to turn off notifications for a thing I was getting a lot of notifications for. Oh, that's the worst. Uh, but I figured out how to turn it off. Um. Well, I think we should get into the first thing that I know we wanted to talk about, which is the fact that Scopy Magazine will never promote a Nazi. Mm-hmm. We will never give a Nazi a platform. And what a hot take that is. Yeah. Um, so for those that don't know, in the in the months since Charlottesville, since the uh, resurgence of, of white supremacy in America, um, a lot of media uh, outlets... I don't know if calling Charlottesville the resurgence of white supremacy in America is, <laughs> is accurate. Well, I mean, it's never gone away. Yeah. But the, but like the, I guess my point here is that like, if you want to talk about like these institutions, the institutions that we're trying to critique for them, for their perspective, they weren't talking about white supremacy before Charlottesville. The New York times wasn't talking about white supremacy before Charlottesville, you know, the, um, vice, I mean, vice, <clears throat> it was, it, it was funny actually. And funny and how, like, terrifying and sad it was um, that a few days ago I, like, re-remembered the Vice doc. Um, so, a few months ago, after, uh, pretty much immediately, the reason why I'm thinking of Charlottesville is because the first time this happened was, like, immediately after Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. Vice sent, like, teams and recorded, like, three different kinds of, like, Nazi profile video of, like, let's figure out how to really... Show off a Nazi. Let's make Nazis sexy. Yeah. For, mm. We'll try one way where we just talk to one Nazi. Then we'll try another way where we're going to have our uh, like black comedian comedy host type guy go and live next to a Nazi and prove that Nazis are people. Wait a minute. Did that happen? Oh, yeah. W. Kamau Bell. And he, he interviewed lived, Richard Spencer. He lived next to a Nazi? He moved, he like spent a few days in a, I forget what it was called. If anybody's seen the segment, cause I don't know all, I didn't watch the, I didn't watch the whole thing. I just saw like a Facebook, put it in my, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it really started there. And so I, I like jokingly tweeted something like, uh, vice, we're really pro marijuana, but we also really like talking to Nazis. Yeah. Um, and you were like, oh, that, I almost Facebook status that. And Warren was like, that is not something you Facebook status. That's a twit, tweeter, a tweet, Twitter, tweeter. That's a, that's a tweet. Yeah. Which I gotta, I want to credit Tracy Davis, who I've talked to a lot about this, mm-hmm. with the idea of like, all right, the mo, the key, Daniel, the, I, this is my like social media 101. Have a if you have a status that you're like oh I've got I've got a hot 140 characters is this going on Facebook or Twitter you got to have a person for that and that like to be like read this give me a gut reaction it's like an editor it's mm-hmm. like if you're writing an article you need an editor if you're a Twitter personality and I feel like this is what Donald Trump doesn't have you know yeah granted though his Twitter is more like the average person's Facebook because you got to well, yeah, decide yeah except more racist. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I just meant like I mean, as like... far as like profile is concerned, not like um, uh, I don't know what I mean. I just I think that honestly, I think that, or at least how I view the difference between Facebook and Twitter is that 
Facebook is where I post like life events and things that I'm okay with aunts and uncles seeing yeah. and stuff like that. Um, Twitter is where I, because I'm I'm very conscious of when folks are posting like multiple Facebook things a day, and I'm like, oh my god, because I I feel like Facebook. I'm more careful about what I put on Facebook than I am about what I put on Twitter. And part of that is my own, like, privacy setting choices. For sure. Um, Although I think that I have privacy settings on Facebook. But I'll add, I'll, like, if I know you peripherally, I'll I'll accept a Facebook friend request from you. Mm -hmm. Um, If if someone tries to follow me on Twitter and and I'm not comfortable with them seeing things that I'm actually thinking about, yeah. I do not accept that follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's legit. Well, and you have the, you have the Twitter privacy settings though, don't you? Don't you have it so that you can, you can't, you're like private, your Twitter's locked or whatever. Yeah. You cannot see my Twitter unless I let you see it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so this whole tangent was started with the, um, the Nazi profile thing is not a new thing. And so I, I like wanted to preface talking about like what everyone else has been talking about, which is the New York Times article mm. with the fact that like Vice has been doing it for a while. Um, I'm pretty sure it was... You know what? I'm going to... Give me one second. Yeah. So I, I just looked it up and I thought so. It was a CNN interview that uh, it was that same guy. It was W. Kamau Bell. With Richard Spencer. It was after the, like, oh, be friends with a Nazi thing. Um, I think that's what it was. Know your neighbor or something like that. Anyway, um, the the thing I was talking about earlier, the, like, live next to a, you know, white supremacist. Um, but uh, Richard Spencer is a public uh, white nationalist. And, like, I, I, I just don't. I, like, don't think that people understand that that's where we're at. That there... It's not like... It's not like he's talking about, like, oh, uh, let's, like, like... Let's, like, really dissect what uh, white nationalism is about. It's it's not... There's no critique there. He's a white nationalist. Mm-hmm. Like, supporting all white nationalist ideals. It's not like he's, like... Oh, I'm gonna like be the representation that white identity needs. It's like no, I'm gonna be the this the um the representation I want white identity to be. Yeah. It's it's gross. It's disgusting. And and covering it and giving it a platform is fucking nasty. And it's not just the New York Times is my point. And I'm not saying I'm not like defending the New York Times by saying that. I'm saying all fucking mainstream media does it. And there are other things that are like just not just as I'm not going to com- like compare how heinous one thing is to the other but my point is is that like we really need to be thinking about our mainstream media and what they're doing and how they're framing the conversation because like just because you live in Chicago and you and I'm mostly talking to myself here and like get your news from independent sources and stuff like that that's not to say that like the people that you grew up with the people you went to high school with in your hometown they they probably just they're working some job and you know whatever it is at any level of of, of competency of um, of skill of of pay of whatever you want to count it they're all probably getting their uh news a certain way 
And it's like either the one liberal billionaire elite or the one conservative billionaire elite that's like funding either the Washington Post or like the New York Times or like CNN or like MSNBC. And it's like all of these things are just... It's there. They they start doing the same things wrong. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's the liberal one or the conservative. I mean, don't get me wrong. The the crimes committed by like Fox News is ridiculous in comparison to what like the MSNBC is reporting. And of course, like I, you know what I would love though is if uh, at Fox News were actually treated like a fringe news source, and like MSNBC was the conservative um, yeah. news source. But anyway. So, um, with all of that, that is all to preface. Uh, The friend of the show, uh, Julia Steiner, retweeted the, um, one of the best breakdowns of the New York Times article. Mm -hmm. So, having read both the lengthy Twitter thread by um, Mangy J, or is it, I think it's Mangy J. That sounds right. Um who I don't even know what her background is, but she knocked it out of the park. (laughs) Um, Yeah, anyway. Um, So the New York Times just wrote this, like, American Dream, um, Norman Rockwell um, profile of... What is even his name? Orbiter? That's his last name. Yeah, I don't even... Yeah. Whatever. Ugh. Anyway. Um, of, of the... One of the founders of the Traditionalist Workers Party mm-hmm. um, out of New Carlisle, Ohio. And what was so having read it what was shocking to me was how likable they like this likable image they forced upon him mm-hmm. it was kind of disgusting cuz what i will say about like the vice coverage of nazis is that they really work hard to make those nazis unreasonable like yes they give them a platform but at the end of the day, like, you have, you know, the guy interviewing, walking them away, going, like, that fucking crackpot, like, idiot. This one, literally one of the last lines of the article was, Mr. and Ms. Horvater, you know, discuss, you know, discuss, you know, Ms. Horvater um, says that, you know, she. It was scary watching Charlottesville unfold, and Mr. Horvater said that he's glad the movement is growing. They discuss moving to a larger home. They discuss having kids. They eat pasta, and it's like, why are you normalizing that conversation? Because that's that is that is what that entire article was was mm-hmm. normalizing folks having hateful views, mm-hmm. um, and that is what. Mangy J did such an amazing job of detailing in a 29 tweet thread. Yeah, 29 tweet thread where she honestly does more research mm-hmm. on on this Horvater guy than the New York Times reporter did. Mm-hmm. And more research on 
And like what she keeps asserting, which I think is so important, is did this reporter ask any follow up questions at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> because n- no, no, <laughs> he right. didn't. Like, there's all this stuff that. Like, you know, there's, she says, the times failed in many respects, but above all, they failed by enthusiastically allowing Horvater to drive the narrative of his own white supremacy. Here are some things they could, they could have, uh, here are some ways they could have avoided this. The times could have asked Horvater what he meant when he said things have gotten bad, or perhaps what he meant by normal people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Times could have pressed his wife on how exactly she was politically lined with her husband. Mm-hmm. They could have asked her why and how she began to disbelieve the narrative of how Trayvon Martin was murdered. The Times could have included some history on how the term heritage has been used among white supremacists. It's like... Oh, and then this was shocking to me. I'm just going down the list of yeah. these tweets. So, in the first... in. This this is from the second paragraph of the article. I'm so glad I read the article. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's a trash heap, but I'm really glad that I have the context of where these quotes... Because, like, okay, so if you read this Twitter thread, which you should, I think we retweeted it. Mm-hmm. We did. Um, it will give you a good idea of what the article says mm-hmm. and what the article asserts. Um if you want the true scope of how absolutely horrible it is and like why people are so upset and why it's a big deal that we're picking it apart read the article it's a it is a trash heap it is horrible so this is this this is from the second paragraph there are there is one three there's like one one sentence quote in this paragraph Mm -hmm. all the rest is editorializing Mm -hmm. but mr horvater in the days leading up to the wedding was somewhat less anxious there are times when it can feel toxic to openly identify as a far-right extremist in the ohio of 2017 but not always he said the election of president trump helped open up a space for people like him demonstrating that it is not the end of the world to be attacked as a bigot as the bigot he surely is And here's the quote. Yeah, you can just say, yeah, so, and move on. All right. So my issue with that (laughs) is, and actually Mangy J's issue with that is, and what the fuck is up with this sentence? And she highlights the, there are times when it can feel toxic to openly identify as a far-right extremist blah 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 and she said is this a paraphrase of something horvater said because the way it's written it sounds like an objective observation yeah yeah (laughs) or even like it's coming from the writer's perspective that's the thing it's like like that whole paragraph to me was like oh man up until president trump was elected it was so hard to be racist yeah it was so hard to be so racist but now now with a bigot in office. Do they use the word bigot? They in the article? Yes. They call him they call him a bigot and then in the same in the same like screenshot are like detailing his like what he buys at the grocery store. Ugh, man. It is it is normalization at its peak. It is crazy. Mm-hmm. It is crazy. Um, 
Also, they discuss his founding or how he helped found the traditionalist worker party as if it's just like a social club. Yeah. So you can meet meet over at Lottie's basement Mondays yeah. at six. Yeah. Well, and then I don't know. And it's just the whole article to me was like this depiction of quaint Americana. Right. And they like at and what's shocking is that at the very end of the article, it's like, yeah, you know, this guy was at the was at Charlottesville, and it was with his car that some other people drove into the crowd of protesters. Yeah, it, that little nugget is buried at the very end of the article. His car killed someone. Yeah. And they're like talking. They're like sitting in his home, and he he he's like, "I'm glad the movement is growing." Yeah, your shocked expression is accurate. Wow, that's that's I didn't even that's even worse than it. Holy shit! Why is that at the end of the article? It is buried. Um. Wow. I mean, that's a good as note as any to, to move on to something else, right? I mean, I I have to get ready for work. Yeah. So we gotta wrap it up, actually. Do you want to talk about handbells at all? Oh, I, fuck, I hate handbells. Yeah. I hate them. I've always hated handbells. In every church job that I've ever had, if ever I have to have hand, use handbells, I'm like... I actually... <laughs> Would you prefer a triangle or a handbell? Neither! <laughs> what about... Don't like hand a, me an instrument! Or like a marimba. I can't play the marimba. Or no, no, no. Have um, you ever... Do you know how much training it takes to play marimba? There's yeah, like There's like a, a whole... There's like a mallet technique. Um, what about... Uh, like, even just like a drum? Why am... If I'm being paid to be a singer, why am I being handed classroom instruments? Mm. No, I like... It's so... I think that handbells sound lovely... I'm just really bad at them, yeah. and it makes it it makes me a worse singer because I'm so focused on playing this fucking instrument that I'm bad at. Right. And no, like I am. If ever you hire me to sing in your choir, and you're looking for volunteers to go above, also you're not paying me extra to to learn this instrument. So no, I have no interest in playing your handbells. I ring with an empty heart. I've been, uh, so at my church job, we've been um, doing, we've been ringing bells, and I ring an octave with the guy next to me mm-hmm. twice in this thing that we're doing, and that's fun. When it's just like, oh, I literally go at the same time as you, as someone else. And so it's it's so fucking easy. It's like, oh, but I'm, I feel part of it, you know? It's nice feeling part of it. Well, and, and if the whole choir is doing the handbells, would you, would you rather not be a person doing... Think about it that way. If you're, progr- Here's the if thing. you're programming it, right, and you're programming a piece that has handbells in mm-hmm. it. Then, well, at a, church, at a church job that I had in Milwaukee, there was a separate handbell choir. Okay, well, I mean, what if a church can't afford to get to do that? What are you talking about? They can afford to have handbells. It's not like they were paying... They, they just asked members of the congregation to be part of it. Oh, that's interesting. But what if there's a lot of overlap with the choir and the handbell team? Unless, 
Listen, if I'm No, you have a good point there. What like I'm the, saying what I'm saying is if I'm handed a handbell and the director looks at me and says, You have to do this, it's not like I'm gonna throw the handbell on the ground and cry and stomp out and quit. Right. But what I will say is if I have a choice, if he says, Hey, do you want to like this piece has handbells and we need three people in this group of people to play one do you want to play one? I would say no. Well, and your experience comes from that, that what happened at the, your Twitter thread that you're talking about that the, uh, Oh, that's just, that's just one of many times that I have been forced into playing handbells that I did not want to play handbells. Update. I'm terrible at handbells. Yeah. (laughs) It was like this five, five tweet. No, because it was, it was a, it was an extra rehearsal that I wasn't being paid for the day before thanksgiving to for a for a handbell rehearsal i was like i hate every part of this yeah cuz the day before thanksgiving when i like when i still lived in milwaukee was the day that all of my friends who lived in other parts of the country came back and i got to go out drinking with them mm-hmm. and so i was missing out on hanging out with friends that i saw once a year yeah to not get paid to play an instrument that I am bad at. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, fuck handbells. That's my that's my hot take. <laughs> nice. Um, I think we are going... I want to try to record a QIO before uh, December 1st, but we should talk about the launch party. Um, so... Okay. Uh, we'll... Just, just for... A qu- we'll be quick about it, I promise. Okay. Um... So if you are interested in uh, in hanging out with us at a dope new coffee shop in, off the Argyle Red Line called First Sep Cafe, um, you should definitely do that. Uh, we are going to be talking. We're not going to be doing anything. We're just going to hang out. It's going to be great. It's just going to be super fucking chill. I'm so um, excited for that. Yeah, it's just going to be. We were trying to figure out a way to have people play music. Yeah. But. I'm so glad that on top of everything else, we don't have to, like, plan logistics right. around that. Right. Um, but so, but to that end, um, we're going to be launching a bunch of stuff on the 1st. Uh, the new site's going to go up on the 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to put up some, the video to uh, the Scopy Studio we just did with Beauty School. Um, that's going to go up, and it's going to be a whole new, we have kind of a new, our graphic designer's helping us out on the on this kind of, like, You'll see. Well, the the logo's coming out. That's a huge deal. Yeah. We're going to um, have stickers at the launch party. We are going to have stickers at the launch party. Uh, I think I'm going to limit it to one sticker per person. We're going to... I think we're going to have... They have a big chalkboard there. Are we still talking about doing the thing where we write... The menu might be up there, but we're going to have some kind of, like... We're going to have some kind of, like, large piece of paper or, like, big chalkboard or... Or something where everybody... Because our whole thing is go out and make something. And right. we've been around for about a year. Yeah. And things have been... thing People have gone out and made things. Right. And I think that it's really important, especially in a time where, you know, folks who... Folks who create things that they're not necessarily paid for, that... We're fine. Um, things that, you know, do things outside of their day jobs, you know, I, I think that it's met with little 
fanfare. Yeah. Like, oh, like, you know, people find out that someone is starting a new project and it's like, oh, well, here's another. And it's met with, oh, it's another opportunity for me. But what people, I think, neglect to celebrate is like, this person has gone out on a limb and created something. For sure. And so what I want to do is for projects that have been founded this year, I want people to have an opportunity to like document that and we're gonna like we'll take a picture of it and put it up on facebook well and i think that we should also hang it yeah in in our studio awesome that sounds fantastic yeah of just like this is this is what and i think it should be a yearly thing yeah i agree that sounds awesome yeah we'll make like we'll figure something out yeah for sure um yeah there was one other thing i was going to touch on that oh so in in uh the um influence and, and vibe and uh, reaction of Thanksgiving, I just want to say that I am extremely thankful to all of you for listening. I know it's something that we say at the end of every show. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, it's been... I mean, we're coming up on a year in February. Uh, so it's been a crazy nine months. Um, December 1st, we're launching this entirely new website. It's so exciting. It's so fucking pretty. Zach Harris has absolutely knocked it out of the park. I mean, we still have some things to fine-tune before then. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some... Actually, I think a lot of things. But <laughs> the the thing is, it looks amazing. The new logo is fucking amazing. And the work that we're starting to do, a lot of these features are things that I had dreams of, like, a couple years ago. Of, like, how amazing would it be is if we could record a podcast... And then use that podcast as source material for an article. And the article ends up being this just, like, rich, thorough profile of, of at like, what people actually think about their art form and what they're actually doing. And we couldn't have done that without your support. Um, I mean, wh- how we've been able to pay the writers that have been writing. I mean, and we've been paying for, for our objectives pieces. We've been able to pay our writers, mm-hmm. which is a huge deal because that means that like we're trying to build this in a sustainable way and we're actually going to be registering everything and 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 making it all above board for 2018 so it's you know it's it's about that time where like this is becoming next level for us um and i am so ecstatic uh we only want this to get bigger and we can't do it without your help so uh, you know thank you yeah, honestly, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Cool. Well, thank you all so much for listening. I've been Daniel Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what we are up to, there are so many ways that you can do that. You can head over to scopymag.com. That's our website. We post all of our articles there. We have a lot of new stuff up over the holiday weekend. Honestly, all the last week was really exciting, so do check that out. The two most recent features are really something special. New Vigilante column. The site's looking fantastic. Um, otherwise, also keep up with us on all these social media places. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Google Play, Radio Public, and iTunes Podcasts under all those places. Oh, except for Facebook. Sorry. Facebook, Scopy Magazine. Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Google Play, Radio Public, iTunes Podcasts, Scopy Mag. And we spell that S-C-A-P-I-M-A-G. 
And as always, I'm here to emphasize the importance of donations. We run on a shoestring budget. Everything that we've been able to do up to this point has been through your generosity. So first of all, thank you so much. Second of all, we could use a little bit more help. If you're in a position to give, you can head to our website, scopymag.com, and head to our About section. There are a couple ways that you can give. First of all, you can do a one-time donation. If you choose to do that, you will have our eternal gratitude. If you choose to give on a monthly level, some cool things will happen. Um, First of all, our next two donors at any level will receive a bag of half-wit coffee. And from there, we're kind of revamping what those levels of giving will get you. But at $25 a month or above, you'll be a part of our affiliate program, um, which is where you are granted, um, you'll be included in a list of basically charitable folks, organizations, businesses that support our mission of uplifting local arts and independent media at a higher level. Um, And you will, yeah, you'll be listed on our website and you'll receive a nice little Scappy Affiliate window sticker. So give a little, give a lot. And if you can't give, then listen, participate and share. Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something. Yep.